This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. Coming off a great series in New York, heading into big series in Baltimore, probably the biggest series the Baltimore has had in a while, but, but, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm known to be honest, you know, <laughs> no harm intended. Dusty Baker talking at the White House yesterday and uh, referencing the series which starts tonight. And we're at Pickles live across the street from Oriole Park at Camden Yards where the 70-42 and 42 Orioles are about to play the Houston Astros in the first of three. They're 64-49. and 49. If they can catch the all-of-a-sudden red-hot Texas Rangers who they're three behind, then this could obviously be an ALCS preview. And Dusty, he's joking, but let's face it, he's, he's right. The Orioles haven't had a series this important probably since 2016, or you could at least argue 2014. Yeah, and look, I, I don't – I mean, I, I guess some people are coming after Dusty. I, I, I don't think he meant any harm by it. I, I don't think he's really trying to incite anything. Um, I, I think Dusty's stating facts, and, and this is – a big series, and not just for these two teams. It's a big series for baseball. This is one of the like. Yeah, how many series could you come up with? Could you concoct that have more jam than this right now? Given what the Astros did at the deadline, and given the team that the Orioles are. Yeah, and and the Astros you know I mean? are perennial like, contenders. I guess the Orioles and Braves might be sexier, and yeah. that was great ball when they played. But it's obviously two different leagues, so they're not going to face each other as much. Like this is a huge series. For Baltimore, for Houston, but both for all of baseball. Absolutely. And and the Orioles, they're riding high coming in. They got the best record since the All-Star break. They're tied with the Braves still after last night for the most wins in all of baseball. And we know how this team has taken care of business against clubs with winning records. And this is just another challenge. Grayson Rodriguez is on the mound tonight. The vibes were high until they weren't. Yeah, th- this is what everybody should be talking about. Yes. But, Stoney, uh, what was the baseball world talking about last night? The Baltimore Orioles organization draped itself in utter humiliation with their treatment of one of their young broadcasters, a guy named Kevin Brown, who, let me just say one thing to Baltimore Orioles management. You draped yourself in humiliation when you fired John Miller, and you're doing it again. 
And if you don't want Kevin Brown, there are 29 other teams who do. They did beat Baltimore six times, which I hope I don't get suspended by the Orioles for saying that. If John Angelos didn't like that, that he's thin-skinned, he's unreasonable, and he should actually get a call from Rob Manfred. This makes the Orioles look so small and insignificant and minor league. It's such a small look. Oh, small man. Who does that? And this idiot, Angelos, I mean, who's never won a damn thing. This guy, remember, he didn't own the team in 83. This is the guy when they won their championship. I believe, uh, Edward Bennett Williams is probably still alive and the owner. This is the guy that gets him fired or gets him demoted or gets him silenced for a period of time as sort of punishment. Are you kidding me? I am. That is a disgrace. You're, who would want to be a play-by-play guy of the Orioles? Gary Cohen of the Mets, Jason Bonatti of the White Sox. Then you heard Michael Kay from the Yankees and Mad Dog Russo. And and frankly, guys, uh, there's been so much good vibes about this team and so much good going on. And then yesterday, it seems like I was shell shocked back to the to things that have happened in the past uh, under. Peter Angelos, this this was to me a really embarrassing day, and I will just focus on the reporting from the Baltimore Sun, the Athletic, the Baltimore Banner, who are all saying this is because of something that Kevin Brown said during the Tampa series, which he had a graphic backing him up. Which it, it, it does, it just it, it doesn't uh, make sense. Yeah, it's it, it just defies credulity. A phrase that it's you like. Hard, it, it's hard for me to make all these things fit in in a quasi reasonable way the fact that there's these are productions there are pre-production meetings there are rundowns that come out there are copies of the graphics that you see on paper while they're being built before they're ever shown on tv you know not everything is absolutely positively live in real time um the orioles statement you know basically said he's going to be back soon friday and we is don't what the comment on personnel matters so there wasn't a whole lot of there there in that statement and kevin brown's representation is saying nothing yep which frankly i might find more baffling than anything as someone in the business i i kind of sort of my own way find that maybe more baffling than anything else here and there's a lot of baffling stuff you know, i i talked to a few people today about that part of it and, and their reaction was they're letting the industry beat on the Orioles and their silence is they, – they had they, – they were like, you know Kevin what? Kevin Brown's star power is rising. Yeah. I mean, it's risen exponentially over the last 24 hours. Where yeah. It seems like well, just the industry has rallied around I understand around that, but if that's truly what he was suspended for – and, again, I don't, I don't know anything other than what I've read. Mm-hmm. If I had a client who was suspended for that – and usually suspension infers without pay. I'm not just taking that sitting down. I, I, again, it's 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 hard to justify all this and put it all together and say I could see how we got from A no, to B can't. to C. I, I I don't understand any of it. None of it makes any sense to me whatsoever. I think what anybody who's associated with the game, and we've seen the outpouring of sentiment to this end. Kevin Brown is a masterful broadcaster. Yes. He is a masterful awesome. orator. He is a masterful ambassador for baseball and an m- impeccable ambassador for the Baltimore Orioles. He is a gem. His insight, friend of the show. His just his his quick wit, his preparation, 
his pop culture references, his love of the game, all of it is is it overflows. It's 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 woven into the brand that is Kevin Brown, and I find that brand to be incredibly compelling. And I can't wait till he's back on the call, and that's to say nothing of any other broadcasters who are having to fill in or whatever. It's just a damn shame that we're. It's a joke. It's it's, it's shameful and it's a joke. And Jason, yesterday when you were at the castle, Ken and I opened it up and, you know, I'm, I'm texting my friends where I say it all the time, you know, this is going to be the best Oriole team of my lifetime. It just doesn't feel real. They've only made the playoffs three times, not counting 96, 97, where I was two years old. But you don't have to let this overshadow it for you or anybody else. But I'm not, but. Jason, the thing that's infuriating is why does this keep yes. happening? And it why, also with the story. Give me one second, Kat. Yeah, the story should be about this club. They have seventy wins. They're hosting defending World Series champions in a possible playoff preview. Gunnar Henderson is the odds-on American League Rookie of the Year candidate right now. Yes. Adley Rutschman made an all-star game. Felix, Yanir Cano, Austin Hayes started an all-star. There's so the vibes of this team. Oh, I, 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 I mean all these stories. The, all of these guys are so likable in this club. It's one of the more likable teams that I can really think of locally. I mean, just all of yes. these guys and it, this organ it was it was shameful yes. if if what is being reported is true. It's a joke, and and all the commentators that we heard say all of, they're small. It's true, Vince and it's Ken. a shame because this is an organization on the rise. This is an organization that we hope and we expect is going to be on a run of over a handful of years competing for long term things. But over the past year, uh, what look ownership. They have been phenomenal for this city in philanthropy, helping out with the city, all of that. And and honestly, you mentioned Peter. John's let Mike Elias and, and the baseball ops handle baseball. And and that, you should be commended for that. But it's the off-the-field stuff, the lawsuits and the lease. I mean, we're August still... 8th. No this is a 70-win team. We're talking about a lease that's expiring December 31st. And Wes Moore, if you wanted to negotiate with him, he was, he's been in office since January 19th. I mean, it's been six and a half months and, and the books and the MLK debacle. And it, yeah. it it's a shame because it, it, it clouds this organization. It clouds all of the great things that this club has accomplished so far and what they will accomplish. I think that is incredibly well said, yes. T-Bone. Uh, we have a huge show today here on a Tuesday. We're live at Pickles. We will get back into this. Uh, but guest-wise, our weekly chat with Jim Hunter from Baltimore Baseball tonight, Dan Shaughnessy, Boston Globe, the Red Sox. They won yesterday, but they're a mess. We'll get they his were lucky thoughts. to win yesterday. Yeah. 2.45, he joins us. Our weekly chat with Rita Hubbard at 3.30. I'm sure she'll have some thoughts. And Cordell Woodland, he's at the Castle. He'll join us at 4.30. Let's go, O's. Let's go, Ravens. And... Let's not lose sight of what really matters, which is one of these teams doing things it hasn't done in a long time, and the other team primed, we hope, to play a more attractive brand of football and go about things in a different way than they have in a long time. Yeah, hopefully the adults in the room act like adults. But coming up next, 
Grayson Rodriguez, and, and you won't believe his pitching matchup since he's been here with the Baltimore Orioles. Well, he's got another tough one tonight. We preview next here on The Fan. Inside. Inside. Access with Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman. Are you team bar soap or team body wash? Oh, that's a good question. I just think the bar soap cleanses you better, yes. to be honest with you. Yes. Lock and Fora, Weinman, and Barbalace. I've always liked body wash. 1057 The Fan. Yeah! Much improved over from earlier in the year and, and did a great job of going down and, and uh, working on the things we asked him to. And, but much better command. I, just th- I, didn't, I didn't think that he was as sharp tonight. Um, got away with some fastballs that kind of ran back in the middle but but uh he's got such good stuff that that uh it lasted for a while and pitched very very well brandon high talking about grayson rodriguez who has frankly been a different guy since he returned from norfolk and he's on the mound tonight for the orioles against the astros taking on framber valdez all he did his last start was throwing no hitter he is uh right now the ace of the astros and Jason, if if you're thinking Grayson Rodriguez is is looking at him and saying, "Oh God, I got to go against this guy," well, then you haven't been paying attention to who he goes against every fifth day. No, it has uh, it hasn't been easy. That's for damn sure. Uh, and look, I don't think he's intimidated by any of this. He's shown in the past that he's not, but it is still a daunting list of starters. And I went back and and you know went through all those box scores and. You, know, you look at the, the opposing pitcher's ERA after the start, and it's still pretty impressive. Kikuchi, the last time out, we know he's been much better this year than last year. 3.67 ERA coming out of that start against Grayson. Garrett Cole, 2.64. Uh, McClanahan, who's now on IL, yeah. it sounds pretty bad for the Rays, but 2.89. He and Cole are the two leaders uh, for AL, AL Cy Young. He faced them. Back-to-back starts, he did get Emmett Sheehan of the Dodgers, so okay. A little reprieve there, but John Gray, 2.81. Otani, 3.23. Eflin, who's probably been the Rays' best pitcher mm-hmm. all year, all things considered, 2.91. Um, you know, that's his last, what, seven starts right there, and he obviously met Eduardo Rodriguez earlier in the year before he was sent down. Dylan Cease, who was a Cy Young last year and looked like a Cy Young um, the early part of the season and his first start against Jacob deGrom. So, Look, I, I, if you're Grayson Rodriguez, you, you might as well start seeing what this mano y mano stuff looks like because the hope and the expectation here is that he is going to be the closest thing to an ace that they've had in a long time. I think it's ho-hum at this point because you just listed all of those names and Valdez is just next up. And Grayson has looked like a different guy since he's gotten called back up. And Nathan Ruiz, who covers the O's for the Baltimore Sun, uh, put this out after Grayson's last start. The biggest difference for him is his four-seam fastball was getting hammered in his five outings prior to getting demoted. Opposing batters 21 for 42. 21 for 42 off that pitch. 11 of those went for extra bases. Now in the four starts, uh, since getting called back up, 8 for 35, only one extra base hit. And the cutter uh, usage has been down too, Jason. Yeah, he scrapped that, and that's that's he said it himself. I talked to him about it a couple weeks ago. It's my fifth best pitch. I was throwing it too much. Um, it became too much of a default for him prior to the reset. In the minors. And, and look, as much as we heard it there in the clip from Hyder, his outing against the the, the Jays, it, he, he didn't have um, the full toolkit that he's had a few other times. 
the fact that he's battling Vladdy there in that 10 pitch yeah. at bat and still hitting 100, you know, knowing he's creeping up on 100 pitches, I think was huge. He didn't give in to Vladdy there. He ended up, you know, walking him, but that's a situation I kind of liken it to what Bradish did against Alonzo the other day. Like, all right, like you look at the scope of that lineup right now, you're not going to let that guy beat you. You're not going to give in and let him destroy a fastball. Um, you know, you're, you're going to continue to try to paint the corners and make pitchers pitchers, pitches, and, and, you know, if you walk him, you walk him. So, no, Grayson's been so much better. Um, he, he's so much he, – he's pitching now. He's not throwing. Yeah. I felt like he, he kind of got in a throw mode too often, too quickly, and that can happen when you're behind in the count against major league hitters, facing him for the first time. But you look at him now – He's up to the 84th percentile in fastball velocity and 94th percentile in extension. And what that means is how far your follow-through carries you off the mound. And when you're a big kid like that and you're 94th percentile in extension, your release point is 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 basically almost in the batter's face. And it's going to make that 100-mile-an-hour play up even more because you're, you're going downhill and you're extending the full length of those long legs, you're, you're cutting down on that 66 inches and whatever it is, what is it, 66 and the third. Jason, I wanted to ask you, we wondered before he went down, well, what's he? what can he work on that's going to help him here? It seems like he's pitching, like, he's, like, focus on the fastball and then play off the fastball because your fastball's so good. He's throwing it a lot, especially early, and then, then it's the breaking stuff that plays off it. Well, he's, and he's locating it. Again, yeah. it's going to be, he's, he's elevating it, but he's elevating it, you know, not, you know, nipple level. He's elevating it neck level. It, it's it's painting the corners. Um, it's it's. Far fewer meatballs, which, again, was a problem, and it's part of the reason his hard hit rate is so bad and part of the reason, you know, he surrendered so many home runs before the demotion. But let's also not lose sight of it because I do think people get painted with a broad brush and, and we're a little bit, you know, quick to dismiss some things. He had some outings the, before he went down where he looked like yeah, he was decent. the kid that they yeah. were talking about for years he as had, being the anchor to this rotation. Yeah, he had, what, 12 straight shutout innings that spanned three starts at one point? No, it, it was kind of just that mixed bag. Half of them were good, half of them eh. were awful. <laughs> hey, we are live at Pickles across the street from Memorial Park at Camden Yards where the Orioles play the Astros first of three tonight. Uh, remember Baltimore baseball tonight, Bob Haney, Ryan Ripken at six right here at Pickles. Coming up next, we'll talk some Orioles baseball. Former voice of the O's, Jim Hunter, joins us next. Here on the fan, Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman on the fan. Wyman, the ginger gorilla, Lockenfora, JLC, it's built in, and Barbalace, T Bone, and his nonsensical amusement Ooh. park. Inside Access 1057 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Orioles were off yesterday. They take on the Astros tonight. Baltimore Baseball Tonight Live at Pickles where we are. Bob Haney and Ryan Ripken at 6 o'clock. And let's talk to one of the members of our Baltimore Baseball Tonight crew now as we do Every Tuesday, Jim Hunter, longtime voice of the Orioles, joins us now. And, Jim, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And before we get to the actual baseball, I I have to get your thoughts on uh, this whole Kevin Brown situation. Well, I I think it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, if if you know how uh, game opens work on television, it's a process. And, you know, I, I would talk to my producer literally right after that night's game ended looking ahead to tomorrow because you're, you're looking for something that's interesting to comment on and you have to research whatever it is you're going to talk about. And then my ideas and my research would go to the producer. She would tweak it or she would approve it. Then she would send it to Jim Palmer or Mike Bordick or Ben McDonald for their ideas because you want to be comfortable with what you're setting the scene of. And what Kevin did I, I would have done the same thing because that is a story. I mean, for years they were telling us, be patient, we're tearing this down, it's going to be bad. And it was bad, but now it's good. And what he said about winning the games in Tropicana Field, let's not forget, what was it, two years ago they went 1-18 against yeah. Tampa Bay? I mean, you, you want to reward the job that the front office and the coaching staff and the players have done for, for going into Tropicana Field and playing head-to-head with a team that you were trying to catch and you eventually did. And, yeah, so you've won more games there uh, this year than you had in the past three years combined, but that's a good thing. Uh, And I I just don't understand how anybody would be upset with that because, again, as I just said, when you're opening up a telecast, especially when you're on every night, you're, you're always looking for something different and you're always looking for something interesting to set the scene in a positive way for the game that's about to be played. And I think that's exactly what he did. You know, I've known Kevin since he came here in 2019. He's a real good broadcaster. He's a good guy. And he certainly doesn't deserve this. I think it is so short-sighted by the organization. I mean, think about this, guys. They won their 70th game on Sunday. Best record in the American League, tied the Braves for the most wins in the major leagues. And yesterday on the off day, what was everybody talking about this instead of how yeah. well the team is playing? I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous, and I have no idea why anyone in the organization would have been upset with that topic. I completely agree, Jim. And uh, Bricciaroli, who works for The Athletic now, she put out a piece, and she was on the morning show, and basically was saying that there was some edict from Masson where you couldn't mention former players or you had the skew so positive or censorship. Did you ever experience any of that? Well, I, I wasn't ever told, and 
you, you know, you got to keep in mind when I was there, Peter was in charge, so it, it was a little different. And even though he had a reputation of uh, telling the broadcasters what to and what not to say, he never once did that to me. But but I do agree with. Uh, the fascination, if you will, of the players returning back. I, I know, for instance, when Manny Machado came back for the first time as the Padres, uh, the edict went out, uh, don't talk about him. Don't talk about him, even though when he walked up the home plate and his first that bat, he got a standing ovation. You know, So uh, I, I do know that that has gone on. I'm sure it still goes on. Uh, you know, I know they, they made nice with Adam Jones, which is good to see because he's one of the best Orioles ever to put on the uniform and certainly a popular guy with the fans. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'm away from it now, so I, I really can't say uh, how much of that still goes on and how into it it is. Uh, but I, I can uh, agree and confirm that it has gone on in the past. Jim, what do you think we're going to see out of Grayson Rodriguez tonight? Well, I, I think we're going to see uh, another well-pitched game. You know, uh, I, I heard you guys uh, waiting for your phone call, and uh, T-Bone said about, you know, he's pitched well since he's come back, and he has uh, 3.57 ERA since he's come back from AAA. And even though he lost his last start, he was one out shy of that being uh, – a, a nice game. You know, he only gave up three earned runs, so that would have been a quality start if he got one more out. So I, I, I think he, he's going to take it right to the hitters. I, I think his confidence is really growing, and, and it's good to see because we all know of the ability uh, of what he brings. And, uh, it, you know, it's nice to see he, he's finally getting some results of what had been promised. Talking to Jim Hunter, it's Inside Access here on the fan. Jim, uh, this weekend against the Mets uh, was such a celebration, you know, not only uh, of today's team, but then the 83 team here and, and the crowds. And it's, you know, to talk about the, what's going on in the field here, You and you talked about it uh, in your first answer, it's just like, it's almost like a renaissance here of what's going on with this team. Well, it is, and, you know, even if they're a year ahead of schedule, wow, are they ahead of schedule. You know, and when, when Buck was here in 2018, uh, that, that was just a miserable year. I mean, they lost, what, 115 games. The decision was made to change directions. Michael Elias was hired. Michael Elias hired Brandon Hyde. And then the breakdown began. It actually began with Dan Duquette in 2018 as uh, he traded away several players that year as well. Uh, you, you knew, Kenny, that it was going to be painful because, yeah. you, you know, look at what Oakland's uh, doing now. I mean, they're, they're basically putting a triple-A team out there because they're trying to follow what the Orioles did and build for the future. But Michael Elias never deviated from his plan, and now they're reaping the rewards of that. So, you know, the, the city should be excited. The team, the fan base should be excited for what they're seeing, and they should be happy that even though it was painful to live through that, I mean, I was still with the team in 2019. That was a tough year. You know, to you, you come up, talk, talk, talk about coming up with angles when your team is on the way to losing 100 games. It's tough to come up with day in and day out. Uh, but, but now they're reaping the rewards of that, and, and I think the fan base should be happy with how the organization has turned this around. It was painful, but they never deviated from the plan, and now they're reaping the rewards of that. Jim James McCann going up against the club that traded him, had that five RBI game on Friday, had another hit on Sunday, and we've seen Adley Rutschman DH more as of late, and we know that James McCann hasn't lit the world on fire offensively, but how do you think he's really fit into this club? 
Well, I think he's fit in very well, T-Bone, because he's a veteran who understands his role. And that's very important. When, when you're the backup and you know you're the backup when you show up to spring training, you, you have to mentally buy into that because most of these guys would prefer to play every day. You know, you take your 0 for 4, no big deal. We'll come back tomorrow and try to get them. Uh, so, and, and it's hard to really keep your stroke up when you're not playing every day. But, but I, I think he's, he's very much been a veteran. It's kind of like Kyle Gibson on the pitching staff. You know, if, if some of these young guys uh, want to talk to him, he's very happy to uh, partake in his, uh, his maturity and his experience in the major leagues. And I think McCann is doing that. And, uh, you know, I'm not surprised that, that Adley's DHing a little more. It's a long year. He's played just about every game. So you've got you to gotta give his legs a little bit of a rest. And by DHing him, it keeps his bat in the lineup. Uh, but he doesn't have to do the rigors of catching nine innings as well. Plus, it's it's been hot. I mean, I know the humidity is down today after that storm last night, but it's it's still pretty hot. It is summer. Jim, um, how interested are you to see the lineup today? Obviously, a day off yesterday. We've heard Brandon Hyde speak recently about trying to give some guys sort of buffer days or get them off their feet here or there. You know, Adam Frazier's only played one full nine-inning game since July 31st. O'Hearn hasn't played all nine innings in a game since July 31st. Austin Hayes was off the last two days of the Mets series. Do you think those are three of the guys he might be sort of referencing without naming any names? Well, you know, it's a deep roster. And, you know, Jordan Westberg, in my opinion, deserves to start every day at second uh-huh. base. I mean, the kid is playing great. Uh, he probably is a better defensive player than uh, Frazier is. And if he's part of your future, well, why not let that be now? Uh, but I, I think Brandon Hyde is very true to his word. Uh, you know, he never uses relief pitchers three days in a row because he doesn't want them to wear down. And we know how much the bullpen has pitched this year, uh, so that certainly is a concern. But I, I, I do think it's uh, in their best interest to give these guys a blow because, again, when you're playing every day uh, and you're playing in this heat that they've been playing in, you got to let your body rest. And I think in the Frazier case, I think it's just that they want Jordan in there. You know, so uh, even though Frazier has had a pretty good year, and it's obvious that the, the manager loves the guy, uh, but Jordan Westberg deserves to be in there. And, uh, you know, and I think in the case of the other guys you mentioned, Jason, it's just a matter of letting them get their rest so they'll be fresh for the stretch run. Because the stretch run, once you get to September – this is going to be a whole different thing for this team because they've never been through this before. Jim Hunter, always great. Thank you so much for your time. We will chat next week. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks Thank so you. much. Hey, coming up next, the Red Sox, they got a win last night, but, man, have they Lucky been a win. mess of late. They're hovering around last place in the AL East. The perfect time to talk to Boston Globe sports columnist Dan Shaughnessy. He joins us next here on The Fan. Inside Access with Jason and Ken. Baltimore's only 24-hour sports station. 1057. The Fan. The Red Sox got a big walk-off win last night, but man, oh man, before that, they've been a mess of late. We thought it was a perfect time to check in with our friend Dan Shaughnessy, sports columnist for the Boston Globe. And Dan, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. So I'm curious, are you basking in last night's win, or are you still uh, a little frustrated or confused about this baseball team as they are 12 games out of first as we head down the stretch? Well, there's no confusion about what they are. I mean, they're not a good team, and they knew that in spring training. 
and it's a miracle they're over 500. And Alex Kors had a, a darn good year, um, given what he's had to work with. And um, they've been going with openers for 40% of their games last month, month or five weeks, which is pretty inexcusable when you're the Boston Red Sox, you know, legend of a big market team. And just the way the whole thing's being done is uh, is, is is not good. And last night was a gift. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but yes. Red Sox new guy Urias clearly struck out to end the ninth yeah. in the ninth inning. And um, instead of going to extra innings, uh, the <laughs> Vol- uh, what was his name? Carapaza, Vic Carapaza, first base ump, was appealed, and he said no, he didn't go. And it's it's as bad as it gets. I mean, the man struck. The, the hitter was on his way to the dugout. I mean, yeah. this is how bad it was. And um, so, of course, you know what's going to happen then. Grand a couple slam. pitches later, grand slam, and uh, and yeah, so that yeah, they they beat the thirty nine and seventy six Royals. You know, so. <laughs> Uh, no car wheels for this. And, you know, they've got Detroit and uh, Washington lined up after this. And then the Yanks. So, you know, they've been a streaky team all year. They could put together some wins. But I am not into the illusion of contention, as it were. Let's get to the Alex Verdugo of it all. There were a fair amount of, of trade rumblings about him leading into the deadline. Um, uh, I know there, um, you know, he had a, a, a checkered time in the Dodgers organization. Uh, he was sent home at the end of last season, it sounded like, after the exit interviews, kind of being told to be better, be more professional, be punctual. Is Did he did he just show up late? Has this been recurring? I guess, what other context can you add to this latest issue? Well, I mean, it's, it, nothing else was reported, and I wasn't there. Uh, clearly, and he denied he was late. Yeah, and he, he was asked he was that. Uh, he, yeah. he denied that, so... Uh, but Alex Cora talked about it in very dark terms, like one of the worst days he's had there and all stuff. So made me think it was something else. I mean, guys are late all the time. Pedro used to be late all the time and got pulled from the start for it once, which which was a big dust-up around here. But um, it doesn't surprise me if Dugo goes late. You know, he kind of marches his own drum, and I think that's one of the reasons the Dodgers were, you know, okay to put him in the best deal mm-hmm. back when they did. And, and he had a really good start. You know, kind of like him at the plate. He's got... Uh, a good sense of the zone. He chokes up a little. He's hard to strike out. But when he didn't make the all-star team, it seemed to it went flat for him. And he's down in the upper 260s now. And, and um, you know, he should be better. He's average Al Verdugo. Should be better. That's all we got so far. And uh, and uh, it's I, I would guess he'll be traded before the start of next season. Because, you know, he's coming up. Where he's gonna, they're going to have to pay him some money. And, and now the Red Sox are run like when you're trying to make your money, you got to go somewhere else. <laughs> Dan, we knew that pitching was going to be a struggle for this Red Sox team coming in, and we know the base running gaffes that they've had, but the defense has just been abysmal for them. I mean, every category they're at or near the bottom. Are you surprised that they've been that poor defensively? No. I mean, again, they, they started the season with, with you know, Kiki Hernandez as starting shortstop, but I don't know what they thought there. You know, there's a reason the Dodgers used him perfectly as, as a – you know, fourth outfielder, fifth yeah. infielder. Somehow he became the face of the franchise for this team with $10 million one-year contract, and that was a joke. And, uh, you know, quickly got to the major league lead in errors, and most of them are the throwing variety, and was exposed to what he is. He's a he's a fifth guy in the infield. So uh, he's gone, but, yeah, that, that set him back. It's one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen. And, and uh, wow. you know, they've had guys, you know, Turner's been playing second base. They had a Royal playing right field last year. I mean, they've had Bobby Dahlback playing second and short early in the season. Um, Costas is not very good at first base. Uh, Devers has had a very 
shaky year over at third. And he's a pretty good athlete and should be better. Uh, gets a little inattentive at times. Duran missed a fly ball the other day. Cost him in the Toronto game. It's Yeah, they're just not a good defensive team. Talking to Dan Shaughnessy, it's inside access here on the fan. Dan, when you look at the AL East and you see the Orioles and Rays on top and the Yankees and Red Sox on the bottom, do you feel like you're in a bizarro world? Well, certainly when you look at payroll, you say to yourself, well, that's upside down. And uh, that always bothers me a little bit because I do like to see the spending rewarded. And and because uh, I think when, when the non-spending gets rewarded, it, it encourages others to do that. And I don't think that's good for the game. But uh, in any event, I, I love to see the Orioles good again. As you know, I've you know, worked there five years, mm-hmm. love the town, love the fans, love the ballpark, and a lot of the history that goes with it. So I was excited they had that reunion of the 83 guys, and a lot of those guys I covered every day, and, and uh, I hope they get back to it. Let's uh, go to the Patriots side of things. Uh, where, where are we on Mac Jones? What are the early returns there? Is Bill O'Brien coming to the rescue? Well, I mean, you know, O'Brien certainly fills a, a void that they didn't have an offensive coordinator last year, and, and it was very unfair to Jones. So he got a lot of slack for having a, a regressive second year. And, um, you know, they haven't won a playoff game since Brady left. And uh, they're 26 and 20, 25 and 26 counting playoffs uh, in the three seasons uh, since Brady left. So, you know, we'll see where this goes. Um, schedule's kind of tough out of the gate. I mean, they got Eagles on opening game. and. You know, Brady's coming back and all that. And Jones is the starter, and he's going to get a chance to, to have a clean third year and O'Brien calling the shots for him, which is certainly a – he's got a mature professional coordinator there now. That's a good thing. And, um, but, you know, they don't have a lot of offensive weapons. The, the O-line seems to be pretty spotty. Schedule's tough, and uh, they're the worst team in the division based on sheer talent. So I don't know how much the coach can overcome that coming out of the gate. How much pressure do you think the coach is is under? Kraft has had some sort of, I guess, uh, cryptic statements about him over the last, what, probably 15 months or so? Sure. Kraft always wants everything both ways. He'll say things <laughs> to make fans feel better, but he always wants to see at the table with the owners. I mean, he's, he's beholden to a lot of different bosses there and, and uh, just just gives a lot of lip service. But, yeah, he, he kind of called Bill out at the end of the year. He, he said, you know, he apologized to the fans, and then he – he said we're going to get an O coordinator, you know, doing things that Belichick would not have recommended. Uh, but and there's always frostiness at the top. They've been together 23 years, so yeah. that's going to happen, you know. And uh, personalities don't really mix, as it were. But so much success that there's history there. And Kraft cares about that history, the legacy, and he, um, he, yeah, I don't think he wants to be the man who fires the coach who's going to end up breaking Shula's record, you know, and Belichick's. Mm-hmm two good seasons away from doing that and he's 71 or two years old now so it's the clock is ticking but it would be a hard thing to to fire bill belichick so you know bill's got two sons on the staff uh, he doesn't want to go anywhere he wants to to get that record get it here and then make his own call but it's a little bit uh it's it's an uneasy truce going on here now with with at the at the top of the pyramid Patriots uh, wide receivers have been under fire recently, uh, the assessment about them, and they've been listening. Kendrick Bourne, he kind of clapped back. Uh, Dan, what's your concern level with that group? Well, it's just it, you, know, you worry that they didn't go out hard after Hopkins and he got outbid by the Titans or else he wanted to be with a team that's going to win maybe. I don't know. But uh, you'd like to see them you know, pony up a little more. And Bill's very stubborn about paying for 
some of those skill positions. You know, he still thinks it's a Lawrence Taylor league, and and you know I appreciate that, but you know it's 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 tough sell here in 2023. So, yeah, they're they're thin with with the weaponry there, and there's always the notion from the top that the coach is going to scheme it up and figure out a way to beat you just by you know making you beat yourself, and that worked for a long, long time. But it worked when you had Tom Brady here, and they don't have that anymore. Dan Shawnis, before we let you go, one last thing I, I want to ask you, because we haven't talked to you since this happened, your reaction to Jalen Brown getting the Supermax with the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, they had to do it. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's the best player in the NBA. I don't think he's top 15 in the NBA. But he's got good numbers. And, you know, you've got Tatum and Brown. And that's the price of doing business in the NBA. When they come up, you pony up and you keep your guys. you got two 6'8", 6'6", flashers. You know, it's what everybody wants. Positionless basketball, they've got that. They've been in the final four two years in a row. You've got to keep that core together. I'm not a huge Brown fan. He turtled big time in the playoffs. Had one of the worst game sevens of all time. I don't think he loves Boston that much. He's got some issues, kind of a dark view of the world. But, you know, you have to keep him. And I'd like to see the ownership, you know, stay the course and, and pay the, you know, the, the cost of doing business in the NBA, which is keeping that player right now. Dan Shaughnessy, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, coming up next, we switch to Ravens. They're on the field right now practicing. Training camp continues. And yesterday, DB coach Denard Wilson met with the media. We'll hear from him next here on The Fan. Inside Access with Jason Ken. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 